Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, we honor Bill Federer's contribution to our ministry as we continue our anniversary month celebration. But first, ministry president Dr. Kenneth Hill and our host, Pastor Larry Spargimino, will begin a conversation that examines the prayers of the ancients. On behalf of the entire Watchmen on the Wall staff, I want to thank you for your support of our Studio 50 project. We're currently at just over 73% of our goal. With your help, we'll be able to update our recording studio with all new equipment and software. Would you please consider giving a gift today? Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or give online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you for your support of Studio 50 and Watchmen on the Wall. What is it about prayer that moves the hand of God? And if prayer is so powerful, why don't Christians pray more and take full advantage of this awesome tool God has given to bless the world? Dr. Kenneth Hill answers those questions by looking back at some of the greatest prayers in the Bible. What is it about prayer that moves the hand of God? And if prayer is so powerful, why don't Christians pray more and take full advantage of this awesome tool God has given to bless the world? Our guest for this program is Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. He's a longtime friend, a neighbor of many years, and also my mentor. It's always an honor to speak to Dr. Hill. Kenneth is president of Southwest Radio Ministries. He is also a pioneer in Christian broadcasting. Since 1981, he's been in charge of WHCB Radio, We Herald Christ's Blessings. It has a growing outreach and operates five radio stations in Northeast Tennessee. Dr. Hill has authored several books. On today's program, we're going to be talking about his book, Prayers of the Ancients. It's a study of the prayers of the great saints of God as found in the Bible. Kenneth, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Brother Larry. It's great to be with you. Let's talk about your book, Prayers of the Ancients. In your book, you say this, prayer is perhaps the most discussed discipline of the Christian life while being the least practiced. Two questions, Ken. Why do you think that is so? And number two, how can your book help us to develop a more consistent prayer life? Well, I think it happens to us as the human race because we are weary in well-doing. Oftentimes, what God is offering us is so fantastic that we can't accept it for being what it is. Mm. God blesses so abundantly that many times our human spirit is so frail that it cannot accept the goodness of God. Mm. It's sad, but true. And when we talk to God and we ask of God his help, he has promised to meet our needs. And he does that without fail. Mm. And so we as human beings have a tendency to begin not to believe instead of believing. Right. God is so good to us that oftentimes we say, well, this can't be happening. Mm -hmm. He can't be that good, but 
but he is, and that's something for us to keep in mind. He has promised us to take care of us. He's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He's promised to hear our prayer. He's promised to answer our prayer. And so I think that sometimes we just get weary and we start thinking, no, I I don't want to bother him for this. I don't (laughs) want to bother him for this new thing. I don't want to create a problem for God. Well, you're not going to. God already knows what's going on. Amen. But God loves you so much that he's waiting to hear from you about it. Now, the second question you had was, how can the book help? And we're trying to help by giving some examples. The examples are beautiful. Mm, Yes. My writing may not be, my consistency (laughs) of thought may not be there, but I'll tell you what, the prayers that are in this little book that I put together are beautiful. Mm. And they're very useful in causing my spirit to leap (laughs) for joy. Because what I find is God's promises are sure. Yes. They never fail. Amen. Amen. Many years ago, I pastored in the Florida Keys. We were only 90 miles from Havana. Can you imagine? (laughs) There was a young Cuban refugee, and she wondered, do I bother God if I come before him? And of course, I showed her the scripture where it says, let us come boldly. And the Greek word there for boldly means speaking freely as in the presence of a friend. And then there was a scripture that really just helped her so wonderfully. Psalm 81, I think it's verse 10. It said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. And the problem is not that Israel said, oh, yes, I want all these blessings. No, Israel would not listen. Israel did not believe God, did not take him at his word. And that's when the trouble began. So amen and amen, brother, to what you're saying. I think it's so true. And I want to just talk to Christians out there. If you do not have a regular prayer time, you need to start immediately. Find out what's the best part of the day, early morning. Some people pray late at night, but you need to have a consistent prayer life. Kenneth, we think of Moses as Israel's lawgiver, and that he was indeed, but he also was a man of prayer. And, you know, so many times we think of the commandments and all of that, and that's fine. No question about that. But tell us about Moses' prayer life. Moses was in preparation for going to glory every day. He was ready and willing and always able to talk to God. Now, he couldn't see him face to face because he couldn't stand that, but he could talk to him in his presence. And he talked to God as if God were a friend. Mm. And Moses, in his prayer life, sang some of his prayers. Moses in his prayer life was very humble in some of his prayers. Moses gave God notice of what his needs were, what the people's needs were, and how much he needed God. Mm. And God then provided for him. 
the prayer for going to the Red Sea, you know. The Red Sea was in front of you, and all of the soldiers are behind you. What you going to do, Moses? Well, he prayed and held up his rod, and the great Red Sea parted, and they walked through on dry ground, not just walked through on muddy ground. They walked through on dry ground. God said... You're not going to have to even worry with the mud. I'll take care of all that. (laughs) And he did. Now, if I were God, I'm sure I would have left the mud in place. Mm. I think, you know, I wouldn't have thought of that. But God is so wonderful, he thought of everything, including the mud. And he removed that mud by drying that ground. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) It really is, because the Lord looks at every angle. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or even think. I'm sure the people of God were not thinking about the mud, but God knew that (laughs) there was lots of mud. They were thinking, listen, they were thinking about those guys with the swords (laughs) and the spears and the chariots, and they were concerned about those things. And God said, hey, don't worry about that. I'll even take care of your mud. Don't worry about that. Amen. That's just a wonderful thought. I've been in ministry more than 50 years, and as I look back, I gave it my best shot, but there were many times when, well, as I look back, it wasn't as good as I could have been, but it's amazing how God took care of angles and little details that I didn't even know existed, (laughs) and then opened doors, and I said, wow, the Lord is so good. And I think as I've read your book, Prayers of the Ancients, it encourages faith, and I think that's what we need. We are living in desperate times, but we are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ who loved us and shed his blood for us. But tell us about Samson. I think of Samson as a carnal fellow and he had kind of a pitiful prayer in Judges 16.28. That's some interesting writing that you've made there, and I want to hear it from the master's own mouth. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I'm a master of anything, but I know that God certainly is. Yes. And when we think of Samson, Samson had come finally to the point where he would listen to God. Isn't it sad that Samson, the man of strength, the man of God, he was used of God so often, and yet he did not allow God to be seen as using him like it should have been, because he was too tied up in the world, too tied up in the things of the world. He had girlfriends. They were actually paid girlfriends. We call them prostitutes these Mm -hmm. days. He wanted to know that he was in charge, and yet he was in charge of nothing. Mm. Can you imagine this little Jewish guy running around pretending he was in charge? Well, when he had the strength that God gave him, he wasn't in charge, but he was as close as he was going to get. And when it came time for prayer, prayer was only when he was totally defeated. And I don't know about you, Larry. You've been at it, like you say, 50 years, and I have too, and that makes 100 for some reason, (laughs) you know. (laughs) 
But when we think about the prayer of Samson, the mighty warrior, my heart breaks. My heart breaks. My heart breaks for this man. He lost so many opportunities of service. He lost so much when it came to the things that God wanted for him. Samson would have nothing of it. Samson ignored his family. Oh, how yes. sad. Mm-hmm. He ignored his mom and dad. And when it came time to pray, the only time that Samson prayed that we've got here is when his strength was truly gone. And he cried out. And his prayer basically was a prayer of suicide. Mm -hmm. And he said, God, avenge me this time. Allow me to kill my enemies. Now, that's not something that I don't think you've ever prayed, Larry. I've never prayed that. But here he was finally at the end of his rope, and he said, avenge me of mine enemies. And he wanted them dead, but he would have to die as well. And we know that God answered his prayer. Now, the way we look at it, wouldn't it have been much better if he had prayed along the way and had gone step by step by step as God would have led him had he wanted to be led? Hmm. Wouldn't it have been better for the children of Israel, for all the people that would be following, to see this man of God truly be the man of God? Amen. And so when we come to this prayer, that's where my heart's broken. It's the kind of thing that I see in the world today when I see so many people just giving up instead of moving forward. And we don't need to be giving up, my friend. We need to be trusting the Lord, for he alone is the one who will take care of us. Amen. And I'm excited to know that he wants to take care of us, too. Amen. Amen to that. What a lesson. And friends, I've read Dr. Hill's book from cover to cover, Prayers of the Ancients, and it breathes life. You will be inspired. You really will. And this is a, you might say, a primer for someone who doesn't have a regular prayer regimen, It will touch your heart. There's plenty of scripture in it, plenty of insights. It will be a real blessing. It's titled Prayers of the Ancients. Well, Kenneth, I want to speak about Hannah's prayer in Samuel 1. It's a prayer without words. It says, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved. Now, I like getting to the office very early. Sometimes I sleep over and I have the whole building to myself so I can pray out loud. How do you feel about silent prayer and about prayer that is spoken out loud? I'm for both of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited when people pray. I grew up in a church that would call people to the altar, and they would pray out loud together. And then I have been pastor of churches where everybody was so quiet, 
you wondered if they had gone to sleep on you, you know. So I will take either. God hears them both. Amen. And he hears it in whatever language that you give it, and he hears it in whatever sentiment you're giving it, because he loves you. And he knows you, and he knows your heart. And so he has the most wonderful attitude toward me and you, and that is that he loves us and he can't wait to hear what we have to say. Amen. Now, I don't have many people that love me that much, Larry, <laughs> that can't wait to hear what I have to say. But I'm glad the Lord does, and that's wonderful to know. And here we are with Hannah needing in her heart. She felt she needed a child. She felt it was a true need of her life to have a child. And she was crying out to God in her heart Mm. for a child to be born to her and her husband. And in the fullness of time, God provided that child, and she gave the child back to God. Mm-hmm. And that child served God his entire life. Amen. And what a servant of God he was. God used him, and used him, and used him. And he was blessed of the Lord. So, my friend, if you have a desire of your heart, don't hesitate in telling God about it. He already knows anyway. Tell him about your desire, and then ask God to help you with that. If it's to forsake it, because it should be forsaken, or if it's to be fulfilled, because it should be fulfilled. Expect God to take care of it and ask him to, and he will. Amen to that. We are going to have Dr. Hill back with us for our next broadcast. We are speaking about his excellent book, Prayers of the Ancients. How did people like Daniel, David, and Moses talk to God? What can we learn from their example? What can we know about God himself from the prayers of Isaiah, Job, Paul, and the Lord Jesus Christ? Find out in Dr. Kenneth Hill's book, Prayers of the Ancients. Prayers of the Ancients will help you discover new insights about prayer, God's character, and the lives of his praying people. Dr. Kenneth Hill shares examples from Scripture to show what it means to walk with God on our knees. Your own prayer life will be enriched as you study the great prayers of the ancients. Dr. Kenneth Hill's book, Prayers of the Ancients, is available to order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Prayers of the Ancients online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. April is anniversary month at Watchmen on the Wall. We're celebrating 89 years of God's provision and faithfulness. In 89 years, you meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends. One of those dear friends of the ministry is author and historian Bill Federer. Bill recently joined James Collins to discuss the impact Southwest Radio Ministries and Watchmen on the Wall has had on him and his ministry. 
April is anniversary month here on the Watchman on the Wall. Southwest Radio Church began in April 1933 when Dr. E.F. Weber, pastor of a local church in Oklahoma City, preached a prophetic message over KTOK Oklahoma City. His radio program was his radio church. That's how we came to be known as Southwest Radio Church. Now, 89 years later, we're still going strong, making us the oldest continuing daily Christian broadcast in the world. This month, we're taking some time to honor our ministry elders, our heroes of the faith. And joining me to share some memories is one of my heroes in the faith, a longtime friend of this ministry and frequent guest, Bill Federer. Bill is, I believe, the top historian in the United States. Bill, thanks for taking some time. I know you're on a beach somewhere in Florida enjoying some time off, but thanks for pausing your vacation for just a minute to share some memories with me. Well, hey, thank you. I'm visiting our daughters down here. and But Noah Hutchings was a great friend, and I was always amazed when I would talk about history stories, and then he would add personal commentary to it where he had lived it. And so one was I talked about Franklin Roosevelt writing the foreword to a Gideon's New Testament and a book of Psalms. And Franklin Roosevelt says, as commander-in-chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces. And I went on to explain how there were blue ones to the Navy and brown ones to the Army. And Noah Hutchins said, I got one of those. I was in the Navy in World War II. And they put my uniform there and on top of my uniform. They put a blue Gideon's New Testament and handed it to me. And I thought, wow, here I'm talking history and you actually lived it. And then I talked about the missionaries in Africa and the different countries and all they went through. And he goes, oh yeah, we went over there, you know, in Africa. We were the ones that brought the gospel into this country for the very first time. I'm like, oh, okay, you lived it. And then I was talking about Mongolia. And he goes, oh, I remember we were going on camels across Mongolia and we went to places where they hadn't gotten the gospel and we were translating it. And then we were talking about Cambodia. And he goes, oh, yeah, we we went to Cambodia and we helped start a church here and there. And I go, gee, Noah, you know, I'm talking history and you actually lived it. (laughs) But he was always an inspiration to me, always a joy to be with him. God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. And just a tremendous leader. I remember the book In the Days of Noah and how we always thought that he had lived all those long time ago. We thought he'd always be with us, and of course, he is in heaven, and we look forward to seeing him. It's amazing the heritage that Noah Hutchings and E.F. Weber and Southwest Radio Church has made over the decades, and I'm humbled and honored to be a part of that. Well, Bill, I think the first show that I remember personally hearing you on aired back in November of 1994. And if I remember correctly, it was Dr. Kenneth Hill who interviewed you about your book, America's God and Country. Was that your first appearance, or do you remember your first appearance on our program? No, that was it. So we published the book, America's God and Country Encyclopedia Quotations, came off the book in June of 1994, went on to sell over a half million copies, and and one of the very, very first interviews I ever did on the book was with Dr. Kenneth Hill on Southwest Radio Church. So I'm thankful for Dr. Hill and the Southwest Radio Church ministry airing the interview and helping to make the book become the bestseller that we've published over the years. I've had congressmen and senators say they've used the book 
on the floor of Congress. I've had even the U.S. Supreme Court had a case in 2014 where a little city called Greece, New York, had their city council opening with prayer in Jesus' name. The ACLU sues to stop and goes to the court, and the Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy writes the decision. And he said, there's nothing wrong with praying in the name of Jesus for a city council. Our Continental Congress opened with prayer in Jesus' name. And it gives the prayer, and then after the prayer, it lists W. Federer, America's God and Country. <laughs> so all my friends that write history books, they go, how did you get the Supreme Court to mention your book by name in the Supreme Court decision? Then Focus on the Family, Dr. Dobson picked up the book, and they sold hundreds of thousands of copies, so much so that one of their staff said it was their best-selling book next to Dr. Dobson's own books. But we've written about 25 books since then, and every single one of them, when we would come out, Southwest Radio Church would be the very first ministry to say, hey, let's do an interview on it, and help to launch those books and let the country and the world know about them. So we just are so, so thankful for all the entire team there at Southwest Radio Church and a special memory of Noah Hutchins. Bill, over the years, you've been a frequent speaker at our conferences. Is there a memory or two that stands out from being on the road with Southwest Radio Ministries? Yes. At each of the conferences, each speaker would have so much information, and you would just be pouring it out to all the tremendous people that showed up. And I would be speaking, and Noah had the habit of being at the back of the room. And then when your time is getting close to running out, he would stand up, and he would sort of walk over to the side, and then he would slowly walk along the side of the wall, and then he would slowly walk to the side of the platform, and then he would get up on the platform, and he would slowly walk his way over to the podium, and you were supposed to take the hint as the speaker that that was a signal that your time is up. And there was one speaker, I think his name was John McTurvin, and he was talking about how whenever America was supportive of Israel, that America was blessed and was telling these different stories, and as Noah was getting closer to the platform, he takes this little clicker, and he's like pointing it at Noah like it's, like it's a laser or something, and he says, somebody stop him, somebody stop him, I want to talk some more. And of course, Noah just sort of smiled and kept walking up, and then kept walking, and finally got to the podium and scooted him to the side and thanked him for speaking, and it was always such a joy. And he was always brilliant on scriptures, so solid in biblical teaching, but year after year, decade after decade, and I'm just thrilled that the legacy of Southwest Radio Church is still continuing, and I thank all the supporters for continuing to support the ministry. Bill, thank you for being a friend of the Watchman on the Wall over the years, and thank you for your faithfulness to God's call. It was a blessing to share some memories with you today. Oh, thank you. God bless. Today's featured resource is Dr. Kenneth Hill's book, Prayers of the Ancients. This book examines the greatest prayers in the Bible and shows each of us how to have a closer walk with the Lord through prayer. Order your copy of Prayers of the Ancients today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Prayers of the Ancients online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Tomorrow, Dr. Kenneth Hill continues his fascinating look at the greatest prayers in the Bible. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. 
Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for 89 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.